0: you to know it's out of pure Christian love that I'm not doing the baptismal tonight. <laughs> and you do notice, uh, I know Pastor Kinney loves me, but you notice he was more concerned with the temperature because he's doing it than he was when I was doing it. <laughs> Amen. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three. We'll read our text, we'll go into our message. I promise I'll try not to tarry long. I said I promise I'd try. Okay, before we do, this is Memorial Day weekend. You got people driving, and there's a lot of cars, and they're driving. I get thinking about this. My son and my daughter-in-law and my two grandchildren, who will be eventually, they'll be joining the church. They came in late last night. They're not here this morning because it was late last night. They will be, hopefully, be here tonight and stuff. Mike and Carla and Derek and Sammy, they'll be here, and they're looking forward to it. Um, But they've driven from Louisiana to here, and they did the last leg of the journey to get in last night so they could make it here today. At some point, they drove 13 hours, and he has MS and stuff. So there's different things going on with that, but I'm glad they're here. And he's just talking about part of the time, it was a whiteout with rain, so the driving was hard. So this morning, you know, I'm going to give you, uh, it's uh, hymns for those who speed on the highway, Okay. We didn't have any special music this morning. I'm getting to the place. I know the choir is going to be doing things, and we've got quite a few families. We've got some that are away camping, others. Uh, uh, half of the, again, the Ferrio family is here. I should say three quarters of the Deferral family is here. Or is that the uh, four fifths of the Ferrio family is here? I'll get that right. But James is preaching in another church this morning. But it's just a. Different things we deal with. And it says, for those who speed on the highway, a, hymn, a few hymns for you. If you're going 45 miles per hour, that's the way my son's father and mother-in-law drive, Walter and them. That's one of the things that was holding things up there, trying to stay together. He finally said, enough, and they'll get in sometime, sometime tomorrow. Uh, Michael left them in his dust. At 45 miles an hour, the hymn is, God will take care of you. At 55 miles an hour, it's guide me, O thou great Jehovah. At 65 miles an hour, it's nearer my God to thee. At 75 miles an hour, it's nearer still nearer. At 85 miles an hour, this world is not my home. At 95 miles an hour, Lord, I'm coming home. Over 100 miles an hour, precious memories. So that's for... Holiday drivers, amen? Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. I love that. I prayed with some this morning. and said, God will never leave me nor forsake me. Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou wast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Now this week has been important to me. It has. I knew my my son, because again, none of my children live near us. And they, they've moved away, and we got one who's moving home. He's actually going to be living across the street from Judy and I. I'm looking forward to that, to having the doorbell ring by Sammy at 6 o'clock in the morning saying, Papa, are you up? Okay. And we're looking forward to different things with it. So I, I love that they're coming home. But, but more importantly to me, my wife and I, Wednesday, celebrated our 48th wedding anniversary. Now, we haven't had time to go away. We went out to eat, but Wednesday night was a service and stuff, so we don't miss church, if at all possible. So we didn't say, well, it's our anniversary. That's more important than being in God's house. We didn't do that. But it's important to me, you know, and, and what is tomorrow? Memorial Day. I'll talk a little bit about what I was involved with uh, yesterday because of that. But Wednesday was our anniversary. 48 years Judy has put up with me. Amen. For 48 years, she's loved me, stood by me, waited for me, waited on me. She bore my children. She raised my children. Around 24, 25 times, because I can't remember, a couple times I said, I don't want you here, go ahead, and she was taking care of another family member. She's been the one I've woken up to after major surgery. And the nurses know I'm always looking for her. You don't know what that means. Five times she's had to ride in or meet an ambulance at the hospital just for me. Why? Because on May twenty-fifth, 1974, when she took my ring, she'd already taken my heart. She took my name, and my life became her life, and her life became mine. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for her, I'd probably not be in the pulpit today. So for those of you who want me here, please remember her. And for those of you who don't want me here, blame her. It's not my fault. Right? I'm just continuing a family tradition. It's in the Bible, right? You know, what does the man do? He blames the wife. That's what Adam did, didn't he? Okay, so I'm just carrying that on. It's a family tradition. But also, tomorrow happens to be Memorial Day. Yesterday, if you drive down 104, you go a little past the post office. Okay, on the right hand side is the Martville Cemetery. There's a new, um, it's not a monument, but a new roadside patriot. Signification because they had a Memorial Day service there. I was at that one. There's also a, I can't, can't remember the name of the other cemetery that's over near the, off the road that Steve and Don live on, Acre Road, comes the end of that. And uh, they had the service there, rural cemeteries. And they both got signification because buried in those cemeteries are men who served in a Revolutionary War. And I found it interesting. Uh, it was Squire Wilson. In the one here in Martville. And I look at, you know, this past week, it's been horrible, people, when you think about what happens in this country. And you, know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm telling you right now that all the social workers and the psychiatrists and the psychologists in the world are not going to prevent something that only God can prevent. When we stop being a nation... I, I want to ask with you, for how many... The, from the founding of this nation, firearms were part of the homes of the people in this country. Why is it the proliferation we've seen since around the 1960s when so many in America declared God is dead, until now you start seeing what's taking place? And now they're ready to blame the police that didn't go in, and then, but for two years we've been emasculating our police officers. And we don't remember that. See, because the greatest sin of America is that America fails to remember. The great I Am's name is to be His memorial. And so I was asked to do the fancy terms. The invocation, that's the opening prayer, and then the benediction, that's the closing prayer. And they get what they get with me. What you see is what you get. The second cemetery I went to, an 80 some almost 90 year old retired chaplain from the military spoke, and I leaned over to the t- Sterling Town clerk, who Lisa is a friend, and I said, next to him, I'm a piker, aren't I? And she goes, yeah, you are. Eloquent speech and his prayer just touched my heart. And you watch that, in that family, they read a history of what took place in that man's life, and he, he had the one over there and that overer or overrider or something is the name of the cemetery, uh, he'd been a prisoner of war during the Revolutionary War. And they were just honoring these. So there's a new placard on a post in front of the Martville Cemetery. I'm going to bring my grandchildren over to see that. I want them to read that. Like I said, that young man entered... The Revolutionary Army of the United States of America, and wasn't called then yet, it was the Continental Army of America, at age 13, ready to defend the freedoms in America with his life. And I know this is not Veterans Day, this is not Flag Day, this is Memorial Day, and officially the holiday was started. I can show you, you can look it up. It's very easy. Easy. My wife Googled it for me years ago because people don't like me to touch the computers, right, Pastor Caleb? The U.S. Holiday Memorial Day or Decoration Day is a day of remembrance for those who have died in the nation's service. The holiday was first widely observed on May 30, 1868 when flowers were placed on the graves of the Union Confederate soldiers. It is now celebrated in almost every state on the last Monday of May. And sometimes that day changes. There's been days when Memorial Day and our anniversary was on the same day. Okay? So that's, you know, I bring things up. I, I I firmly believe, as I said, the greatest sin of America is failing to remember what was the founding of our nation, what it cost, what it's cost to continue to have a nation, and the importance of realizing where we live. Realizing who we are. And Memorial Day is part of that. When people dishonor the flag, when they refuse to say the pledge, they dishonor all those who gave their life. And you must always remember that. You must teach your children. What was the sin of Israel that caused them to fall? What was it? They failed to teach their children to remember God. Most important thing you can do is to teach them to remember God. Because otherwise, you know what they'll do? They'll blame God for every bad thing that happens, not understanding, and not turn to Him when He can be the only hope that they have. Again, the day is supposed to be a remembrance. I can remember going with my father over to the monument in Fairhaven. Quite a few years, many years, I've seen Steve and Don there, others who come because they had Memorial You know what's happening? Memorial Day parades are disappearing. Okay? Or they become such a thing that people will pay attention. Now, we can have a gay pride parade, and we can have Marches against this, this, and this. But we don't remember what it cost. My father's in glory. He was a World War II vet. I have his medals. I remember him walking out of as an adult when Saving Private Ryan came because he watched the beach landing and couldn't take it because he saw men obliterated trying to get to the shores in the South Pacific Islands. And we forget that. And we forget the cost of the liberty that we have. And we make it about us and our wants and our needs. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding too harsh. But we fail to remember Every time I've gone to India, I've had to repeat the same thing that Don Ford and I repeated the very first trip. It's not about me. When things didn't go right, when things changed, when you had problems in the airport, when you had problems trying to get to the meetings, when you had problems and Paul changed everything on you. We'd have to, you know, just saying, we're here to minister souls Saved. So you had to remember. And I'm saying we fail to remember. And so many of us live in our life, when it comes to other people, it's what have you done for me lately? There's people in this church who have done untold kindnesses towards my family. I don't forget. I don't forget. We need to remember. And here also we see, and we need to realize, God says remembering is important. Remembering is important. If you don't remember... God in your life, if you don't remember and try to think on the good parts of people, because God doesn't disappoint me, people will, won't they? And then you can choose to dwell on how they disappointed you, and not how at some point they might have been a blessing. But in the scriptures, in your 1611 King James Bible, 147 times the word remember occurs. Also, in that same Bible, 32 times the word memorial occurs. That tells me that God says memorials, something we can look back to as an anchor point, are important. That remembering is important. The word memorial literally means to remember. The very first time memorial is used is in our opening text in verse 15. And again, verse 14 of Exodus chapter 3. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he that said, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. I am. And this is my memorial unto all generations. And this morning, as I am saying, the importance is not to forget. Do you know marriages come apart because people forget, and I'm not talking about horrible, abusive situations, but people come apart when they forget the good times and they dwell on only the hard times. If my wife dwelled on the hard times, there wouldn't have been that many times of me waking up to her. She put me out of my misery. (laughs) It wouldn't have been there. So many times, it's you know I do funerals and I don't turn people down for funerals. I just tell them, if you, you I'll do the funeral. I get approached by funeral homes. Pastor Kenny's running into the same thing. We don't know the people. We get asked to do a funeral. There's different men in this church who've done funerals. I say I'll do a funeral. I won't turn somebody down, but I'm going to make sure that I give the, the gospel at every funeral service. Okay. I don't do every wedding. I've turned down weddings because they won't do counseling. I don't want to stand before God for that. <clears throat> okay. But I'll do funerals. And I try to get the people to remember and choose how they are going to remember that person was passed on. It makes a difference how you choose to remember them. What you dwell on. God gives us warnings. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter six. It said I'll try not to tarry long. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Starting at verse 4. God's giving a commandment unto Israel. And He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thine heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words, not just the teachings, not just the principles, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart I have sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy words have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm more concerned with how much Scripture kids have in their heart than how well they can operate technology today. You notice how much better they are at technology? And kids struggled with that because it's not the real interaction? I command in you this day... and shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest in the, by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. The man buried in Overrider over here, who was a prisoner of war, the one thing that got him through. There was, they said there was a death rate for those who were not officers. The death rate for officers who were taken prisoner of war during the, the Revolutionary War by the great Army of Great Britain was at 60%, roughly around that. But the death rate of those who were sergeants on down, 75%. Starved to death, beat to death, worked to death. Because they were nothing but churlish Rebels. That man over there, buried, survived it. He came to his state and he was buried here. It wasn't originally from this state, but he was buried there. And it was stated in the stuff that they had, because the, I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow. makes me remember how much you better not say anything against anybody in the town of Fairhaven or in Red Creek area because everyone's related to everybody. There was seven different people that claimed to either be 4th, 5th, or 6th, or 3rd, Generation grandchildren of that man And they all had different names and I'm going whoa, I know these and I know these I didn't know they're all I found one of them you had a couple of distant cousins who were married to each other. They didn't know they were related to him until afterwards His faith got him through and Then pastor Burgess, I believe it is from Fairhaven, did the benediction. He didn't do the invocation. And he made sure also, as I made sure, you point to the greatest sacrifice. And he talked about the Lord Jesus Christ in George Washington's faith as he read a statement from him and then closed that in prayer. And no one groaned about it being mentioned, the need of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. And the liberty found on that is the foundation of this country. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, out in the public, and when thou liest down, prayers at night, and when thou risest up. Prayers in the morning, huh? And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. I got saved out of a church to so use that, that passage to make something that you had to wear. I won't go into that. You can ask Mike Viscom about it later. Okay. And thou shalt write them upon the post of, thine house, of thy house and on thy gates. Man, how would we live differently if we had things out saying, in this home lives a born-again Christian who is a faithful member of Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church in Martville, New York. And that was posted on your house the first thing they saw when you come out to yell at them. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which... He swear unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees and plan, thou plantest not. And when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve Him, and shalt swear by His name. Not at His name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. America is quickly going into that realm. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 10. When thou hast eaten and are full, and thou, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. So many Americans don't even know the history of this country, that you know most of the founding fathers were Christians. They weren't deists. Some of them were. But there's a lot of evidence that George Washington received Christ as his Savior. And they want to call him a deist because then they don't have to answer to the fact the founding fathers. And so many of our young people have never read the writings of the founding fathers or know the history of it. So they don't know the Christian heritage of this country because it's not taught in the schools, the public schools anymore. They don't teach history, they teach social studies, which is now left from being a study of the background of this country into social engineering. But I digress. Lest when thou, let me see here, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, nor keeping not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten, and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, and from the house of bondage. Because you think everything you got, you provided, and you don't realize God's who gives you life and breath, and in him you have your being. Of course, that's, that's another scripture verse I'm adding here. Okay? Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions in drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not, and he that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end, and so many times i'm stopping as I think of these verses, so many times we think when something that seems bad comes into our life, we want to be angry at God and not realizing maybe God is trying to prove you. Where's your heart with Him? Many times people forget the blessings of God when they're living in the blessings. Do you know normally it takes a couple generations when the blessings stop for people to realize it? And thou shalt say in thine heart, my power and my, the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. See, it's about me. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish." As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. The United States of America is unique in that God didn't choose us in our beginning. We chose Him. But we're forgetting Him. Psalm 9 and verse 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell in all the nations that forget God. Israel's entire identity was to be based upon their God. Who did they forget? Who did they forget? Go to Jeremiah chapter 18. You say, boy, preacher, you're tough. Well, the Bible is Two-thirds negative, one-third positive. You just want me to get to the one-third positive. I'm always positive about God. Jeremiah chapter 18. Verse 11. Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah. This is God commanding Jeremiah. And to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and devise a device against you. Return ye now every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. Like in Buffalo, in Uvalde, Texas, they had no hope. I spent a lot of time researching the background of what was in the lives of those young people who did that. And I believe it's evil that brought it about, but I don't think they themselves were the evil. They were possessed of it. There is no hope we will walk after our own devices, that we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, ask ye now among the heathen, who hath heard such things, the virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. Will a man you looking at these verses? Hmm? Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon which cometh from the rock of the field, or shall the cold flowing waters that come forth or come from another place be forsaken? Because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity. They have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate and have perpetual hissing. Everyone that passes by thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. I will scatter them as with the east wind before the enemy. I will show them the the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. They don't want to believe God got anything to do with it. Jeremiah 3, or I think it's 3, You it's 2, says, Can a maid forget her ornaments, or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Days without number. We started those ceremonies off. We looked at the American flag, and we said, I pledge allegiance to the flag, of the United States of America? And what's the rest of it, people? One nation where? We got kids that they don't even know that. I watched adults stumble over it. You know what we've forgotten? One nation under God. I had people looking, I can't help it, I'm a big mouth. When I sing, they're going to know I'm singing. And someone come up and said, I'm so glad you sang. It helped me remember the words. (laughs) It's a national anthem. And to America the Beautiful. Do your kids know the national anthem? Do they know America the Beautiful? I didn't say there were hymns like you're singing in church. But when we lose sight of the nation we live in, we're going to lose sight of the God that we believe we founded it upon. The claim of this nation is unique but we're forgetting that we're one nation under God. Indivisible. And this nation's being pulled apart because of the attacks on its foundations. God's name. What are we to remember? Exodus 3, 14 and 15, he says, I am that I am. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's Israel. Okay? Look at Joshua, chapter 3. See, maybe I'm making you turn to more passages than you've read all week. Well, you know, preacher, I get busy. Yeah. And preacher, you make your living. You're supposed to read your Bible. (laughs) Whether I'm a preacher or not, I'm supposed to read my Bible. How do you cleanse your way? Joshua chapter 3, verse 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord. What? And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will... Without fail, drive out from you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Say that fast. And I said them right. (laughs) Go to Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51, look at verse 9. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Who is the arm of the Lord? Jesus Christ. Awake is in the ancient days, because he was there in generations of old. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? <laughs> and ye shall bruise his heel, and he shall bruise. Head. Art thou not it that hath dried the sea, the waters of the great deep, and hath made the depths of the sea away for the ransom to pass over? That's speaking of who? The children of Israel. Right? Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I Even I am he that comforteth you. Who art thou, that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die? And of the Son of Man, which shall be made as grass. And forgettest the Lord thy Maker, that hath stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and hath feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he, he were ready to destroy and were in the fury of the oppressor. The captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed, and that he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread shall fail. But I am the Lord thy God, that divided the sea, whose waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. Man, he's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of Moses, of Joshua, of David. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 26, he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, David, that he should defy the armies of the living God? Peter's testimony in the New Testament, because I've given you Old Testament verses. His testimony, and this is when you find that Jesus says to him, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not on Peter, but on what he said. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What are we to remember? Peter's testimony, Thou art the Christ. Matthew 22 and verse 32. says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He is Jehovah God. You know what the word Jehovah means? And of course, in Hebrew, there's no... um, It's just vowels or consonants. Which one is that? Okay. But they say Jehovah, and He's the Great I Am. It means the self-existent one. Didn't need anyone else to exist. Before the before, He was before. And after the after... He's the after He's the Lord of hosts. Who is who was and is and ever shall be. Say why is this important? When we say one nation under God, we're so worried about the diversity that we don't help people understand and so afraid. do you know that in America? Islam is trying to convert people in the cities at a great rate. And it's happening because there's a generation that knows not God. Turn to John chapter 8. This is Memorial Day. Tomorrow, I'll go over to my my mom's gravesite, I'll go to some of the gravesites that are in Springbrook. Getting to be too many people. They have my heart. And I'll go to their graves. But thank God, the ones that are going to, as close to, that's their grave, not their home. Amen? And we need to remember that because of the greatest sacrifice of the greatest soldier in the greatest war. John chapter 8. verse 47 it says he that is of god heareth god's word ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of god then he answered the jews and said unto him say we not that thou art a samaritan and hast a devil jesus answered i have not a devil but i honor my father and ye do dishonor dishonor me and i seek not mine own glory for there is one that seeketh and judgeth verily i say unto you if a man keep my saying he shall never see death Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil, Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God." Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. And your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. They knew exactly what he was claiming. They knew it. Verse 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him. We support a missionary. We are the home church for a missionary that's been stoned in his native country. He had no defense against it. Here, they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. He didn't run away hiding. He made it so they didn't know it was him. Do you realize when he spoke to the the people on the road to Emmaus, they didn't know it was him? When he called them to the shore when they were out in the boat, his own disciples who'd lived with him, slept with him, traveled with him, ate with him, prayed with him, failed him, and then followed him, didn't know it was him? My Bible tells me, and I can remember a verse my mother taught me a long time ago, and I can't remember the text of it, but I remember she said, Be careful to entertain strangers. Because it says what? Many have entertained angels unawares. You don't even know what's going on about us. He says, before Abraham was I am. Philippians 2. Say why this is important. Because we need to remember when I can't, I am can. When I hurt. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. You hear me quote it so much because I want you to remember it. Come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When someone else won't be there, when thy father and thy mother forsake thee, Psalm 27.10, the Lord will take thee up. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I have loved thee with an everlasting love because He is the I Am. Do you know that many times those who love you, they don't keep you from going through what you're going through, but if they truly love you, they go through it with you. There was a reason I talked about five ambulances rides 24, 25 times waking up and looking at her. She couldn't prevent it but she went through it. No greater love hath any man than this, but a man laid down his life for his friends. But God commendeth his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you remember him? Hebrews 7 verse 24 and 5 says this, It says, but this man, because he continueth ever, I think that makes him I am, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able to save to the uttermost those that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Let this mind, I told you, Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. He could claim it and he wasn't lying. But made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. The great I Am did this. And was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. I Am did this for me. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. How should I forget that love? How great a love? An eternal love? I should never forget it because it's not tied to time. Because his name is I Am. He's created time. He's outside of time. He came into time to pay the price for me. He is now outside of time again, interceding for me. And when I say that, I want you, if you're here today and you're saved, you could say, He's interceding for me. Do you remember? For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and a love and a sound mind. Fear of man bringeth a snare. better it is to what? Trust in the Lord than put confidence in man. The center of your Bible. The center of verse. Psalm 118 and verse 8. Because I am. Not me. Him. To remember it. You know how we could remember that? It says, Husbands, love your wives, as God so loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not having what? Spot or wrinkle or any such thing. He cleans me up. And so the wife then lives for the husband. You know how I can remember I am before a lost and dying world that needs to know the I am? Last verse. And we're done. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be ye not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you might know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you're willing to do that, you know what? You won't live guilty. Because you'll live in his love. You'll know it. You know what we fail to realize? We never really truly are secure in a love that we always only receive. Think about it. Because the minute something changes or the circumstance comes in, we start doubting if they still love us. But the love grows when you're receiving it, but also when you are re turning it by living for the one who loves you please stand there'll be people tomorrow my i have sisters who went to my mother's graveside early one sister said, I don't know why she didn't wait till Monday, but she wanted to do it now. And they went and they put flowers on my mom's grave and they did other things. I can know where my dad is, his, his ashes. My dad's in heaven. But his ashes are out underneath the magic tree. In a back field, because it's where he wanted it. And he told me, boy, because that's what he called me, boy, He didn't call me Bryant or James or Brimey like some of his generation did. He called me Boy. I go, Dad, my name's Bryant. I know that, Boy. Boy, you're going to put my ashes under that tree. So every time you come out here, you'll remember me. Every time, remember And the love that caused the sacrifice and the greatest war ever fought should help you to return that love. Today, as you remember your Savior, who is I Am, will you remember enough so that others can see His love of you and your love of Him? Because you know what love does? It draws others to it. Do they see yours today? Is your life a living sacrifice? That's how you keep the memorial. That's how it can make a difference. Sometimes when you're afraid to witness, people will look at your life as you go through things, and if you have the peace and you're resting in the love that the Savior has for you, They'll say, Why can you get through that? It's destroying me. And you'll have opportunity. See, on some have compassion making a difference, on others hating the garment spotted by the flesh. If God speaks in your heart this morning, and maybe you haven't remembered your Savior as you ought, maybe you need to come today. If God speaking in your heart, you come if you're here and you don't know for sure if you were to die, that heaven would be your home, you can know today from God's Word. Because He is the God of the living and not of the dead. Of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of Israel, of David, of Moses, of Peter, and James, and John, and Paul, and down through the millennia. Is He your God today? And how do you remember Him? If God's speaking to your heart, and this week you have gone and you've forgotten your Savior as you've gone about your life, maybe you need to come to the altar and say, help me to remember you. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the opportunity to preach Your Word. And I pray, Father, You'd help us always to remember because I Am is Your memorial forever. Work our hearts to that end, and we'll give you all the praise the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.